0: The Ghost Goal Podcast. Liverpool sit top of the Premier League as the Christmas and New Year's fixture come to an end, while Arsenal have fallen off from their perch, down to fourth, and left the door open for Aston Villa, Manchester City, maybe even Tottenham to get back into the title race this year. I'm Alex. Here with Javier. Happy holidays, everyone, and uh, happy New Year! Welcome to the Ghost Call Podcast, episode 438. We're sitting here uh, Tuesday night, January second. Rough day back uh, for most people. Uh, most of us were back at, at work. Some of us, uh, some people yeah, never I was left.
1: Back at work too. Definitely
0: a rough day. Not, Javier, uh, irrespective of uh, Arsenal's uh, form these last couple of games in the league, how have you been?
1: I've been all right had a little bout with covid you know was out, out of commission i was still working just uh remotely but you know had to had to pretty much stay in my house for a week uh, i'm out now i was at the office today and uh you know it was just it was a little depressing you know just even being able to just work from home and just having that freedom and it was nice to uh to enjoy that but uh yeah back to going commuting and and going to work and all that stuff so happy new year
0: yeah, that's not ideal.
1: Right back at it. Right. Back <laughs> I
0: didn't even at realize. I didn't even realize that was COVID that you had last week. But uh, okay, well, glad you're uh, you're feeling better and back at it. Uh, well, I mean, this won't make you feel any better, but uh, let's get to talking about these Premier League teams. Oh, over we should the- also
1: say, yeah, you know, because of the festive period, you know, Christmas and New Year and all that, we just we couldn't find a good time for uh, for the pod. Also, Alex uh, had family in town, so you know, it, it was. A busy period, so we're sorry we didn't get a pod out. You know, during that time, during the game, I'm
0: not that sorry.
1: <laughs> You're not that sorry, Alex. Why? No, I'm okay. not that well, sorry. I am. I, I am sorry, I guys. Good, I had a good time. I wanted to do some pods, but uh, I enjoyed was, the break. It was, a, here, it was a good break, which is
0: which is weird considering Chelsea have won our last two games and Arsenal have lost their last two. Like, what 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 was making you so excited to get back on the mics and start talking about Premier League again?
1: <laughs> well, no, because uh, you know. It, when Arsenal aren't playing well, you know, I don't know how I would have been predicting those games and, uh, I never got a chance to. So, Hey, now you get to hear, hear about it now. Right. So
0: well, let's dive into it because I think the last time we recorded, we were previewing that, uh, that Liverpool away game, which you guys ended up getting a pretty favorable, favorable, uh, draw in one, one at Anfield. But, uh, since then you've lost at home to Niddle West Ham, you've lost away, uh, two, one at Fulham. What's the panic meter like uh, for Arsenal fans at the moment uh, in regards to, you know, your your title chances?
1: I mean, I I think it's looking grimmer by the day. Uh, Apparently, uh, you know, our chances from the bookies on Christmas when we were top was uh, 24% to win the title. And then right now it's down to 6%. So, you know, according to the bookies after those three games, you know, we have almost no chance to win the title, but... I don't think it's that grim. Uh, I think there's been a lot of doom and gloom from these last couple of games, uh, losses that aren't necessarily deserved. I think uh, we put in two very good performances before. Actually, I think bef- the only the only game that I think is worrying was this this Fulham game. But I'll say I do want to talk about the games before it just quickly because you know while I think we had a very narrow loss to Aston Villa, one uh, nil you know, arguably the most informed team in the league. They'd won 14-15 straight at home, and, you know, we easily could have won that game. Then we turned it around and, and won, you know, well against Brighton 2-0. Very close draw at Anfield, where we played, you know, extremely high-level football against, you know, the best team in the league right now, uh, top of the league. And, you know, at their place, I think it's a very hard place to go and get a point. Um, and the West Ham game, which I thought was a great performance in the team, uh, in terms of creating chances and, you know, really didn't concede that many chances either, but it was just not our day finishing rise. I think the most worrying one was this Fulham game. It could be chalked off that, you know, we did have this game three days later than, you know, the, the West Ham game, which was draining. Um, but you know, having a game three days later, Thursday to Sundays, very, very quick turnaround, um, especially during the holidays, so, you know, I, I, you could definitely see something like that happening. It happens often that teams don't, you know. We weren't the only team that was dropping points irregularly when, when you know, maybe they shouldn't have. Um, but, yeah, it was, it was a question now for us of depth, you know, do we have enough players in the squad? Because some of the players that we've been relying on in the past, you know, aren't producing and, and we're looking at our bench, and the bench isn't necessarily having the impact that we want. Um, you know, so people are talking about going to the transfer market. I, I I don't know about all that. I just think it's a little bit of a, a blimp in form, you know, just with this one game. Because I think before that we were flying. We were playing well. Things were starting to click. I don't think you have to just throw that all away because of one. And it wasn't like we played horribly against Fulham either. I mean, it's just we didn't – it wasn't our day. And, yeah, we've had a, a few of those days more of those days recently but i don't think the performances have been bad or something that i should worry about i still think we're one of the best teams in europe uh i still think we're going to easily be in the top 4 um and i'm not i'm not particularly worried about that do i think we're going to win the title no i mean you've you've established it all you know alex i i i, I tried to hype it a, a few weeks ago thinking oh maybe things are going to click but you know kevin de bruyne's back Holland they're, they're they're gonna nurse Holland you know back to health when both of them are backfiring again City are gonna win 15 straight and 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 you know win the league it it, it it does feel like this year though at this point in the season not just for city but for every of every one of the best teams in the league every single team in the league has dropped .7 times at least this season I mean Liverpool's only lost once but they've drawn six games uh you know Arsenal's lost four games, Villa's lost four games, City's lost three games, Tottenham's lost five games, you know, it's, it's, uh, teams are, in the past, you know, the five, six years, the standard spin, you have to, you can only lose maybe two, three games in a season, and draw, you know, five or six, and that's it, that's absolutely not going to be the case this year, even for Manchester City, there's no way they're going to just win out the second half of the season, so. I I do think they're going to drop points here and there. Um, And, you know, they've already dropped more, way more points than they usually have at this point in the season. I think a lot of that has to do with the extra time. Uh, Also teams, you know, like the rise of Villa, Tottenham, West Ham, you know, there's a lot of good teams in the league this year. So I think there's a lot of football to still be played and being in our position where we are, where we haven't played well this season so far. I mean, everyone kind of admits that we've, played we've but we're still one of the best teams in the league i mean teams still have to you know respect us and if not we'll blow them away i mean it's just it's it's i'm not i'm not like panicking at all alex i'm, I'm okay the well, loss was unfortunate of, what
0: level of blame do you put on uh, michael arteta for this because that's where i usually have been seeing most of the blame uh being placed it's, and when you look at the lineups, you, you do kind I mean, of think to yourself, like, when, when's he rotating? When is What when is, when are players like Saka and Martinelli? Yeah, I do agree with when that. Like, I think in this game, rest.
1: like, he could have like he could have started. I mean, he started Eddie and Ketia in this, uh, so he rested Jesus. And, you know, he also started, uh, you know, Kai Havertz, who didn't play the game before, who was not great in this game. Um, I was not necessarily you know, in love with what he did in this game. I thought he'd been playing well earlier in the team and then kind of getting that yellow card maybe took a little momentum. Also, just having Q E R on that side, I think really nullified the way that he was able to get forward. Um, He had to play more of like a defensive role and and more of a deep playing midfield role, which just didn't suit against Fulham um, and really allowed them a lot of space to run into our midfield. Um, And just having that like, They knew that that Kiwi or Havertz wing was just easy to, there was no pace on that wing, so they could just, you know, kind of run up and down it. And, uh, William looked like he was, you know, prime, you know, uh, Robinho out there burning, burning players. So it it was just not, again, I think not a great choice of players. I, I don't love that he keeps playing center backs out at left back. So yeah, you could, you could, you can put some blame on Arteta here. Um, Eddie Nketiah is not it. Like we're not going to win the league with him and Gabrage as strikers. Everyone can see that. Uh I think that's a very clear criticism of us and I think that's something until we fix like we're not winning the league. Have to have this team clearly needs a goal scorer who could score 20 25 goals in a year and we just don't have it. So it's it's all good and well that by the end of the season Odegaard, Havertz, you know, Saka, Martinelli, they might all have 10, 12 goals, but I don't think that's enough to win the league. So because you have teams like Liverpool, who are gonna have a bunch of players with you know 10, 12, 13 goals as well. City, you know, uh, it, it's it seems to be and and, and it I do want to dispel like the the notion that you need to have a goal scorer that scores you know thirty goals in a year that can wins the golden boot to win the league because you know uh, some of the best seasons recently uh, the the season that Liverpool won the league and they ran away with it that year Salah had nineteen goals that year. Uh, they both won the golden boot with a pathetic 19 goals but uh there was also um you know the the last the seasons after that with with Manchester City the the highest goal scorer was like Kevin De Bruyne with 13 and then the year after i think it was uh i think Gundogan or like it was like it, it, again it was like very very small amount and they won the league with you know without having a, an incredible goal scorer they won back to back titles without having Erlen Holland and then, you know, they they brought him in. But again, so it's 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 not like you need to have that to so I understand like what what maybe Arteta's trying to do, but I think the way that the play with the players we have, I think we need it. We need the goal scorer. We need the the, the hold up play. And is just not it he's not strong enough. He's not experienced enough. Apparently we're getting offers for him. I would let him go in January if we can find some sort of suitable replacement. Um I don't think it's gonna happen, but I think who who do you
0: think our, that
1: could be? I mean, even Tony's not going to leave Brentford. Brentford are you know right above the relegations, and they absolutely need him to stay up.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, if you if you were going to say he was the natural choice, while I would agree with you, I, I also agree Brentford are not letting him go at this point, especially with Embuemo, who had been their best player up to this point, getting injured, I think, right before the Christmas period. So they're going to need him, uh, Tony, to uh, stave off... I think they'll be okay for relegation regardless but I'm sure they'll be looking behind themselves and thinking we can't take the risk even with the amount of money it would bring in for them so I don't know who that player is either it's I mean it's always hard to find I, mean, I, don't, think, I don't think it's available in January. January I think it's yeah. going to
1: be I think it's, we're going to have to wait for the summer to get that player um, and if we do get reinforcements it'll probably be someone on loan I've even I've even heard people saying, you know, we should go after Dominic Solanke or something like that and I'm like, I don't, you know, I don't know about that, but again, it's 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 you need someone who's going to be scoring a bunch of goals, who can have the whole of the play. There aren't many of them in 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 the modern game of football who are going to leave in January, so
0: Solanke's not a bad shout to be honest. I think he has his maybe one or t- one fewer goal than Sala, but he's, he's been up there with uh, Salah with this recent run of uh, goal scoring form that he's found. But again, he's another one that like Bournemouth just will not sell right now. All right. Well, uh, moving on, I guess to Manchester city, the last time we talked about them, they were kind of in a free fall in terms of their results. They went away to the club world cup, uh, won that against uh, Fluminense, I believe to become world champions of football. And uh, they've come back and they've since beat uh, Everton and Sheffield, you know, not, not massive teams, but, uh, you know, they needed to, it seems like they needed the break uh, before coming back a little refreshed, still suffering from that Erling Haaland uh, foot injury, uh, but he, he is due to be back by the time the Premier League picks back up again in mid-January. You mentioned already that De Bruyne is back, though I think he's been making appearances on the bench mostly, not really impacting games much. I haven't had a chance really to watch much of them during this Christmas period. I'm just wondering, like, do you think they've fully shrugged off that, that bad period of form that they had in December and yeah, November? It's hard, it's,
1: it's hard to tell against Sheffield and Everton. I mean, you'd expect even without Erling Holland, this is a team that that still has tons of goal threats in it. Bernardo Silva, you know, uh, Phil Foden's been playing really well creatively in De Bruyne's absence and, you know, without Holland in the team, he's the one taking on that responsibility of trying to, you know, take shots on and and score. Alvarez as well. I mean Alvarez gets a lot more looks as well when Holland's not in the team, so it, it changes the way that he's, you know, been a threat so far on the ball. I think once De Bruyne and Holland come back in the team, I think you'll see Alvarez take more of a step back. Him and Foden probably, you know, we'll see their minutes, you know, lessened. But yeah, no, I I do think they'll be fine. I just think it'll be interesting to see how De Bruyne gets integrated back into the team. You know, who who actually loses his spot because Foden's playing so well right now. Uh, You know, Bernardo Silva seems undroppable. Rodri has his place in midfield, right? So there aren't, there isn't a lot of places, you know, and Jeremy Doku is going to be is set to come back from injury as well. So you have, you know, Doku, Grealish is knocking at the door. I mean, it's just, it's a lot of players that aren't playing right now. Um, so I think for Manchester City, I I don't think that they'll be making any moves in January. Maybe, maybe a, a, a defensive reinforcement, but you know, it, it that seems to be where they po- they probably need the most help in January if they do go out and get a defender because they've been leaking goals more this season. It doesn't feel like they have as much uh, defensive speed. They lost someone like Jack Cancelo and they have a bunch of really good like on the ball center backs and ball playing. You know who who can play wing back similar to like a Ben to Ben White and Tomayasu and players like that, but they don't have like a other than Kyle Walker. You know it feels like they need that other you know quick defensive substitution that they could uh bring on or or start to to change games so i feel like Pep sees that and he, he might go for that in january I think that's another i think they need a, a, a player or like a quality player to uh to try to bring the team up i think they have the money to do it too and then like like they, you know, they they're, do they're, but they're pl- i feel
0: like they could also find it from within you know yeah, hasn't I mean, they, 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 been, like, have, amazing like, they yet. have like
1: Oscar Bob. He, he they played Oscar Bob in this Everton game, and he looked good. And he yeah, plays, but he likes playing Rico Lewis, and
0: but like I, I feel like you, you you didn't really mention Guardiola, but for for good reason. He hasn't been like amazing as of yet, and he's kind of split time with uh, Nathan Ake at that left center back slash left back spot. But he's a player that you know maybe finds his feet a little bit more turns into uh, a more of the world-class player that he's shown promise of being. Um, and then they obviously still have Diaz and, and Stones has been uh, hounded by injuries like throughout the season. Looks like he's going to be out again for, for a little bit. They, they have players like there that uh, as long as they manage their, their fitness, they, they could develop another, uh, some more stability at the back. Um, so I, I wouldn't necessarily say that they have to go sign someone. They, they definitely are...
1: No, I'm saying I think they there are will. players
0: that there that can that can fix the problem. I think it's you know? been
1: too long since Guardiola went and got a fullback.
0: Yeah, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you could say that, but he's he's kind of gone away from the whole idea of fullbacks. He sometimes plays a back That's four, true. but he's yep. more than comfortable to play a back three with one of the 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 center backs instead playing in midfield next to uh, next to Rodri. So. But, you know, Guardiola seems to, you know, reassess with the players he has each season and develops a new system or maybe a slightly tweaked system to suit those players. And and that 3-2-4-1 that he he played last season, no one saw him uh, going to that by by the end of the season. But, I mean, they played some of their best stuff that we've seen in the Guardiola era playing that formation with like no fullbacks where the fullbacks seem to be so important to Guardiola early on and, and a reason why he didn't win in that first year with City. So I have no doubt that they'll uh, they'll, they'll figure it out, win the league and be, you know, in contention for the Champions League again uh, come May. I feel like we do have to mention Liverpool because we haven't really been talking about Liverpool in terms of the title race, I feel like. We we've mentioned them that they have the attacking weapons to to you know was a threat, but with Mo Salah now going away to the African Cup of Nations, uh, all of the players going with their national sides to the African Cup of Nations and the uh, Asian Cup uh, will be gone from now until most likely the end of January. It is uh, time Somerset. for Liverpool so,
1: fans to be married to Diego. Yotta. Just hope he doesn't get hurt.
0: I don't know about that. I, I would put if I was a Liverpool fan, I think I'd put more of my faith and my hope in Luis Diaz. He he seems well, yeah, like the Diaz one to me wild, who but, I
1: mean, Diaz is already been playing for for Liverpool, but I'm saying, you know, they 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 really need Diego Yalta to to slot in, in as that main goal scorer because Darwin is Nunez right now is, I mean, that was wild. Did did you see any of like the highlights or anything that that Darwin just did in this last game? Because, oh, I
0: watched the whole game. I mean, it's
1: not just this last game; it's every game since last season. But it, he seems to not be able to shake that like unbelievable ability to not score when he's in on goal but he you know he can score crazy goals sometimes but he really just i mean he's a machine at getting chances he he really does remind me a lot of if he, i mean if he had good finishing right like he's like erling holland like his his movement and his speed and and some of the things he does he's almost like more versatile than holland but can definitely press he's quicker i think he's quicker than holland
0: I'd say he's more explosive over like shorter distances, but he, just, but but he like, just
1: cannot finish. That's just like
0: well, yeah, but and that's the main job of their position. So that obviously leaves Erling Holland.
1: He's the adama prioria of strikers.
0: Maybe I don't know. I, I just I get flashbacks to watching Timo Werner play. Werner obviously doesn't have like the the, the size right, and physicality have the physical of Nunez, the, the
1: speed that Nunez has
0: yeah even when a play goes well that uh, that Nunez or uh, Werner were involved in you just know something like a VAR offside for a kneecap being offside is gonna you know come in and ruin it for them so it's hard to get around that and you know Chelsea having just had that with Werner we've had that with players like Nico Jackson this season and Kai Havertz when we've played him up top so it feels like a curse to us and uh, Nunez, I can imagine Liverpool fans feeling very much the same, but still holding out hope because you're right. He he has those, you know, moments or a couple of minutes where he just takes over a game and is uh, like a menace to defenders. I I do think they're going to have to lean on him, though. You know, mainly Luis Luis Diaz, but through the middle, I I think they're going to have to lean on Nunez, and maybe Jota is going to have to be the one who goes out to that right wing where Salah usually plays and tries to sort of, like, recreate the same sort of, uh, you know, frantic... Uh, like
1: Did a pretty damn good job coming approach. on against Newcastle and doing it. He, yeah. Uh, he got himself two assists. He was he was electric. Um, but, yeah, I think Liverpool look, look good right now. Let's see how they go in this, you know, few games that they're not going to have. Salah, uh, I think it's still a pretty kind run for them. I don't think they have too many hard games. Um, I think this next game against Bournemouth isn't going to be easy, but... I, I I do think for Liverpool, you know, it's it's not losing so far in these big games and just winning every game at home. That that is a recipe for winning the league. You know, Liverpool have been perfect so far. uh, You know, at home,
0: almost perfect.
1: Almost perfect. I think they. You guys
0: and United went and got draws there.
1: And United, but you know, you know they haven't lost yet, and that's the type of record that you need to win the league. But we'll see if they can keep it up. I mean, it's just it's it's a young team. It's a new team. I do think that this Liverpool team's going to have woes later on
0: they are in Europa League.
1: Yeah, and they are in Europa League so once that starts up again just, I don't know. I think uh injuries might uh might hit them at some point and I just, I don't know if they're they have enough to win the league. I think they they could be like us from last year and and run out of steam and you know City will overtake them at some point.
0: Yeah, I think it's literally just down to that Mohamed Salah you know uh him also endo i think that he deserves some mention as well he's going off to the asian cup with japan he's the closest thing they have really to a dependable reliable deep midfielder in that team like gravenberg can perhaps grow into that sort of role we'll see in the next month or so but endo's a grown man who, who's been playing in that position his whole career you know in germany and other and other places but Gravenberg is still a young player trying to find his way and find what position or role best fits him in midfield. So uh, it'll be interesting to, to keep an eye on that as well.
1: Yeah, defensively, I, I, mean, I still Liverpool think, I still the think it's between right now in the league.
0: Liverpool and Aston Villa, though, for pushing City. I'm not trying to, like, I'm not trying to criticize Arsenal too much because you guys are, are down at the moment. Aston
1: Villa, Aston Villa are not going to push City. What do you, like... Yeah.
0: Yeah, they're... Doing a pretty good job right now. I don't know. I just I, I like how Aston Villa function as just, a defensive just, unit right,
1: mainly. Yes, talking about? the Sheffield to, game was bad. Twenty seven goals.
0: That's fine. I, I, I mean, I'm not talking By about like the them being the, the best right defense. Now. I'm talking about how they function, where they can play multiple different styles. They can play the high line and and excel doing it, and they can play deep and frustrate like quote unquote better teams playing like a defensive low block that that variability it gives it gives you options where you know other teams are going to struggle to prepare for you from time to time because they're not sure how you're going to approach a game when you can approach it multiple ways and still excel so i think ollie Watkins. i know he's not like top goal scorer or anything but he's added like more of the assists to his game it's not just get the ball to ollie Watkins. he is more of a creative threat this season so yeah, no, I, I like Aston Villa. I, th- I think they're a sure thing for top four. And, you know, if enough things go right for them, they could still be in the title race I, come the end of the I season. I
1: don't think they're a sure thing for top four. I think well, top I do. Four is, I'm putting it out there right.
0: right now, Javier. I, mean, I, I thought I made that pretty clear I, before.
1: I think that's, like, not not a very good <sighs> prediction, to be honest with you. Do not bet that. If uh,
0: I didn't tell anyone to bet it. I just said that's yeah, what I think. I don't,
1: I don't think it's a very good prediction. I think... There are quite a few teams. It's still very early days, Alex, and I think there's going to be a lot of points dropped from uh, some of these other teams, especially Villa, uh, especially once their European season starts back up.
0: Okay. Well, unless there's anyone else uh, you want to talk about, I, I think it might be a good idea to uh, finish the pod talking about Chelsea. I don't I don't want to go too, uh, too in-depth about Chelsea, but uh, have you gotten a chance to watch uh, Christopher and Kunku, Javier? And uh, what do you think? I mean, I've been mentioning him like this whole season, basically. Like every time Chelsea have a bad of or a run of bad results, I just go, I can't wait for Nkunku yeah, to be back.
1: I mean, uh, I know it was only against Crystal Palace and Luton, and uh, I think and did Wolves. He, did he come on in the Wolves game? Yeah,
0: he came on and scored in the Wolves game, his uh, first right. goal.
1: Right, and he looked good in that too. I was going to say so. I mean, it's a good, good cameo of three games from him. Um, I thought, you know, he looks. A cut a, a cut above him and Cole Palmer both look you know a lot better than the rest of the team. Tiago Silva I guess sometimes, but it's just it's to me there's there isn't there's not enough pieces for some of these players that you guys have bought. I think that while you're gonna have a few good players in there I I, I the way that Chelsea have done business, I think we've never seen a team do something like this before because it doesn't work um and i don't i, I think you're going to have to you're going to end up having to get rid of a bunch of these players um you know namely i don't know i don't i don't know if Malo gusto is going to be good enough i don't know if C is going oh he's though gusto's going to be good enough jackson's going to be good enough uh you know if broya's going to be good enough if matson if you know modric if uh, i mean there's a few players that you can definitely see that are going to make it on this team and I think Christopher Nkunku is definitely one of them. I mean, I'd be very excited if I was a Chelsea player. If he was on Arsenal, I'd be super happy. He looks like he's absolute quality, you know, just like he did in preseason. Um, you know, it's, he's one that I would hope that you can wrap him up in a... I, I just don't know how he's going to do with the, You the know, physicality of the league. Is he going to be able to stay fit? You know, is this injury going to be something that, that hampers him? We've seen a lot of players come from the Bundesliga and not be able to take the the, the physical toll of being hacked down constantly and not getting calls for it. To be fair, that was
0: a criticism that was made uh, of Erling Holland. Like not many people were critical of that signing. Holland's a massive
1: dude. He's six. Yeah, but he was still getting injured
0: like for long spells in the Bundesliga. uh, And that's what was keeping Dortmund out of the, the title race. Most of the time he was there, that his injury record was like pretty sizable when, when he was at Dortmund and, and Kunku just gets unlucky and twists his his knee in uh, the Soldier Field turf in Chicago, where the fucking Chicago Bears play. And then he's he misses like half the season in the very last like preseason game of uh, of the summer. So I think he's just been very unlucky with that one, and we've been extra careful with bringing him back. And now that he's back, and he's got a couple of games, but like as this Christmas period has heated up. I think the timing is kind of perfect because like I said, Nico Jackson is going away with Senegal to the African cup of nations. He's been so far the, the main guy up front with uh, good, sometimes good, but mostly bad results. And I think uh, him leaving and Armando Broya, uh, you know, at least offering himself as, you know, kind of a, an option off the bench uh, from uh, as a center forward gives us the opportunity to play in Kungu through the middle. Cole Palmer has been, a breath of fresh air, uh, both off the right wing and uh, creatively through the middle. And I think Modric is actually starting to, you know, find his form and find his confidence in a, a very noticeable way. He, he has had a couple of injuries that have kept him from building on, on that momentum. But we could realistically uh, figure out a, a front four with Nkunku through the middle, Modric on the left wing. Noni Madueke who's scored in each of the last two Premier League games against, you know, Crystal Palace and Luton, so not great teams, but he's he's had a good cameo against Crystal Palace and scored the penalty to win that and then, you know, absolutely terrorized Luton in that last game. And then we can play Palmer as the attacking midfield number 10 who can, you know, maybe drift out wide if Madueke isn't yeah, that's uh, available. Not winning anything, Alex. I don't like, think that is winning an okay anything. I, I think like you're misunder a, I think you're misunderstanding a fun what I'm team saying. To watch, I'm just saying but- I-, I think That's an improvement off what we've seen for most of this year, Javier. For most of the season, we've had more losses than wins in the Premier League. here's what I'm going to say that We're talking about baby steps here, Javier. Yeah, Chelsea fans
1: that need to lower their standard of thinking that they're going to go from what was in the Abramovich era. As soon as you guys would, your team would dip. It would almost always be like a title-winning team, though, or a team that was built off of, you know, basically the Mourinho era. You know, you guys lived off Mourinho for pretty much your almost the entire Brahma Vachera because he came and built two teams for you but this team is not like that this team hasn't won anything you have no winners on this team you have no one who's done anything in an Thiago Silva it doesn't matter you're seeing one player i'm saying like,
0: you, you said there's no one that, that okay, all right. <laughs> just all directly right. refuting an incorrect statement
1: all right well i'm saying like this team is just very very green very young and i think it's going to take a few years for you'd really be able to see results. Like, I don't see you've like, it just, there's a lot. I think you've signed too many players at a time. You got rid of too many players and there's been too much turnaround.
0: 100% agree. But I'm making, that's
1: going to cost you in the long term. I'm making lemonade out of lemons. In the short term and in the long term.
0: Look, look, Bolí and Igbali gave us lemons. I'm making some lemonade. It might be some shitty lemonade for now.
1: Right, I was about to say there's but, there's but, good spurts. But notice like notice something Cole that I just mentioned? Kaysado but those four
0: and... players that I want to see given a chance as are attacking four. Raheem Sterling isn't on that list. He's the highest paid player at the club. That's a pretty heavy indictment of Raheem Sterling. Like if I had it my way, he'd be out tomorrow. Another thing that those four attacking players, if they are given a chance, that that signifies is that one of Enzo, Caicedo, and Gallagher would have to see the banks. There's still rumors that we might sell Connor Gallagher just to, you know, balance the books in a positive way when he's been our best and most, you know, dependable player this season. There's still a lot of bad things, like bad developments going on at Chelsea, I'm just trying to like sift through all the 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 shit that could come of this season and trying to find some promising things that we can hang our hat on and maybe you know build. I think for, lot, build Lavia of for could add to
1: this team's like I think he could be another one where if he could get fit and become a defensive pivot with Caicedo, you know you could have a much more solid base where you could build off that. Because I don't this team's just like unbalanced for me. You're you're just way too attacking with players like Gusto. Uh, you know, as your wing back and and you know your midfield is just very very attacking. I think Casado is not necessarily like a defensive midfielder. He's definitely a box to box threat. So is Connor Gallagher. You know, Cole Palmer is an attacking midfielder. So right now you guys are just playing like Luton almost came back. You had th- you were up three nil, and Luton almost came back. So while I would be getting excited about Inkunku, I would also realize that like there's so much work to do on your back line you know you have to f- try to figure out what's going to be the right balance in midfield and who are the right players there before your front line is going to be able to start working like properly in tandem. You know, you can get excited about individual performances here and there against Palace and Luton, but you're not going to put together like a good run of results until you figure out that back line, which I it, to me, I it looks like Chelsea are going to have to buy more players in January, which is insane, but like you just you don't have the right players yet and it looks like what this management wants to do is just keep buying players until you figure out the right combination, which, I, I mean, maybe it'll work. It, Barcelona activated, like, six levers, right? And they, like, won the league? I don't know. Is, it, is that what happens?
0: I, I don't think we're winning the league anytime soon. I'm I, Like I said, I'm sticking to baby steps. I'm sticking to
1: Barcelona being happy that Chelsea didn't actually
0: activated. shit the bed and end up dropping points against Crystal Palace and Luton, because... As recently as like a week or two ago, I would not have been surprised if we hadn't won either of those games. But, you know, we ended up winning both. So I'm, I'm happy for now. And we've got, you know, a, a FA Cup game against Preston coming up next weekend and then two semi finals in the Carabao Cup against Middlesbrough, which we should expect to still win. And then maybe we get a, a chance at a trophy against Liverpool and, and pull that off. That would be a pretty successful season even if we finished like only 10th in the league this season. But where, where do you think is realistic for Chelsea to finish in the league?
1: I think if you finish in the top half, you should be happy. There's a lot of really good teams in the league.
0: Agreed. That doesn't make me happy to say that. Obviously, I would want like Chelsea to be a little bit further up in, uh, in people's consideration, but it's just... It is what it is right now i'm not happy with it but uh, that that seems to be I mean, i'm maybe just looking at the ninth or teams above
1: you and it's like pretty hard to see you finishing above any of them so i'd be impressed if you finish above brighton west ham you know newcastle or united i think you could finish we're above not that united. we're not
0: that far behind some of those teams you I know think the, you finish
1: above united and newcastle
0: i don't know about united and brighton united still have the ability to maybe play terribly seventh, and do well
1: 7th 7th is the highest
0: all right, Javier, do you want to give us your fantasy? Uh, well, is there even a fantasy yeah, I'm back, Alex. this week?
1: Yeah, Yeah, yeah. let me open up the kitchen. Let me chef something up real quick because uh, I've been sous-chefing it up in the kitchen during the holidays. And, uh, you know, I'm back in third place, Alex. I'm only, what, 30 points behind you? You were talking all high and mighty about you being in first place, and I was mid-table trash. I'm back. Don't worry, guys. I'm going to bring you the, the fantasy lowdown here, give you all the secrets. All right, not all of them, just a couple of them. So, we got to take note of uh, defensive returns when they happen because they're so rare. But we've seen, we, we saw a good run from Everton of four clean sheets. We just saw right now four clean sheets from West Ham, which I don't know how to say it. We haven't really, they haven't really been, you know, there defensively so far this season, but they just got kept clean sheets against Wolves, Manchester United, Arsenal, and Brighton. Those last three. Very very hard teams to keep clean sheets, so you could definitely see them keeping clean sheets in, in you know a lot of the fixtures that they have coming up. Um, you know they're playing a lot of the same teams that they just played. Uh, that's just the way that the the fixture list works. Um, so I would look at them as a defensive asset. They have uh, Kufal who's four point seven million uh, and Emerson who's Kufal plays right back for them. Emerson plays left back. He's four point five million. That's too easy like attacking. Fullbacks who uh, pretty much play every game for for Moises' team. So, you know, I would look into that if you want to try to pick up some cheap attacking returns from a team that hasn't really been on anyone's radar yet this season. Another one from uh, a team that hasn't really been on anyone's radar, uh, and this player's been surprisingly getting a bunch of returns recently is uh, Alfie Dodi, who uh, plays on Luton. I can't believe I'm recommending a Luton player, but uh, he's four point four million. And he's went and gotten himself, uh, you know, four assists and a goal over the last uh, five games he's played. And, you know, uh, got two assists against Arsenal, got two assists against Chelsea, scored against Sheffield, clean sheet against Newcastle and a win against Newcastle. So he's been getting a bunch of returns. You know, he might be a a sneaky, sneaky... uh, Differential pick out there if you want to take take a flyer on someone who could get you a lot of attacking returns. Maybe not that many defense returns, but honestly, Luton have been improving a lot. And of the teams in the bottom three, like there's there's some decent assets that are starting to emerge. And I think Dottie's the first one that I would uh, that I would look at. Finally, I already mentioned him, but uh, you know Diego Yota, he's one that I'm bringing in my team to replace Mohamed Salah. Uh, I think him. Either get him, Nunez, Diaz. There's a bunch of Alex. He was saying Diaz as well. i sure don't get, don't get Nunez. Yeah, if
0: don't if you have this. if you have any uh, you know uh, heart or anxiety problems, just do yourself a favor. Do, do your doctor a favor and do not get Darwin Nunez because uh, I've been through that experience before. Not if with Nunez specifically, wanna, but it's, it's not if fun. You do want
1: to <laughs> jump on Alex's in Kunku train? Uh, you know, I don't necessarily recommend it yet He's only He's 7.4 million And he's, in a, he's a striker So it's kind of a very limited uh, there's, there's a lot of really good strikers this season But I do recommend uh, Can, can I just say bargain,
0: about Can I just yeah. say about Nkunku I, I, Agreeing with you I, I wouldn't recommend it Just because Those uh, the two Carabao Cup semifinals I mentioned The Middlesbrough ones Those are going to be huge To our season And we're going to be playing Strong teams in both of those So that may affect whether uh, Nkunku starts games in the league um, in between that. I think the game that we would play would be Fulham at home uh, in between that. So um, they also have uh, a Carabao Cup semifinal against Liverpool, either side of that. Uh, So maybe they play a weakened team as well, but it's just going to be too hard to predict to just say Nkunku is definitely playing, you know, the vast majority of all of our league games in the next month.
1: I think we've all seen uh, Alejandro Garnacho emerge as a, as a midfield asset, only 4.8 mil, uh, you know, great little value asset. Um, if you want to pick up a really cheap midfielder who's on form right now, uh, you know, a lot of people are getting rid of, you know, Newcastle players. So Trippier, Gordon, Shar, uh, all those players. Newcastle, definitely get rid of those players because uh, Newcastle are just horrible right now. And then, Alex, this is one that uh, is, is dear to my heart. Uh, I'm pretty sure I'm going to be bringing him in soon, but, uh, if you, you didn't watch the Arsenal game against Fulham, but Raul Jimenez, man, I think, I think he's back. Like, I know he got the red card, but before that, he, he, he got three goals in two games against, you know, West Ham and Nuke, Nottingham Forest and five no wins. And we've seen this thing with Fulham where like, if they can find one guy to focus on and, and to be the man, they can get that guy goals. And it kind of feels like Fulham are starting to get that, you know, they lost him in that game and they lost all three of those games and got destroyed against Bournemouth, Newcastle and Burnley. But as soon as Jimenez comes back, they go and come back and beat Arsenal. They played really, really well against us. He's only 5.2 mil. Fulham have got a pretty good fixture list. They play Chelsea away, Everton at home, Burnley away, Bournemouth at home, uh, Aston Villa at home.
0: You, you might might talk me into it. Brighton at home. I might be in Javier.
1: But Raúl Jiménez, guys, if he uh, he was he, people don't know, but he was he was he was the fantasy asset a couple years ago before his uh, head injury. Until David Luiz uh,
0: decapitated him at, at uh, yeah. the Emirates.
1: Absolutely. And if he's uh, if he gets on form and it looks like he's he's going to be the, the the linchpin for this Fulham team who are who are good good going forward. Um, so i look into him.
0: All right, thanks for that Javier. Uh, you guys have plenty of time to make those decisions because the Premier League does not resume again until uh, the weekend after this coming one, uh, January 13th, it will be back because there's Premier or sorry, there's FA Cup games coming up this weekend. So some people aren't as into the FA Cup, but uh, I always love it when we've got those opportunity for the uh, lower we've league sides Liverpool, to upset. Alex.
1: It's a fucking crazy one we played Liverpool on Sunday in the
0: FA Cup oh my god I completely forgot about that that's the fixture
1: yeah. of the round yeah I mean that's I we'll see how crazy. that's gonna go yeah that could get us back on form just give you a nice little win against Liverpool in the cup
0: or it could you just make things way worse
1: oh it could just make <laughs> things way worse probably not though we just played against them but we had a great game so
0: all right Javier thanks for jumping on with me uh enjoy that uh that Liverpool game in the FA Cup if you want to follow Javier on Twitter, you can do so, at JavierRev9. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram, at ASMoss92. And you can follow the podcast socials, at GhostGoalPod. Enjoy the FA Cup this weekend, and until next time, bye. you.